this is episode 29 with Julian Hayes of the Entrepreneur's Tribe podcast. We interview some of the most brilliant minds in business and entrepreneurship so you can learn how to maintain success, enjoy its rewards and take it to the next level. Together, we break down all of the myths, legends, struggles and insights behind what it takes for you to join this tribe of successful entrepreneurs to grow and stay ahead of the pack. I'm your host, Joel Ong of the Entrepreneur's Tribe Podcast and welcome to the show. Hey and welcome to another episode of the Entrepreneur's Tribe Podcast. My name is Joel and I'm the host for this show. I'm also the founder and video strategist at Tip Your Time. And at Tip Your Time, we are a video production agency that combines uh, marketing and business strategy with uh, producing awesome, authentic video content. Um, and we do this to help businesses to grow by building business assets for them in the form of videos to help them to scale their time, their money, and their relationships with their customers. So we're not going to be talking about that today. Today we have a guest on board this episode. His name is Julian Hayes, and he is an author, speaker, human performance and health optimization coach, and he's also the founder of The Art of Fitness and Life. Now, um, Julian's initial journey began in the pursuit of being a doctor, but after about one year, he left it to pursue something else that's even bigger. He now helps busy and successful entrepreneurs to optimize their health, energy, and personal performance with precision by leveraging genomics, technology, and systems-based thinking. Now, Julian's work has been featured on numerous publications such as Entrepreneur, Bodybuilding.com, Success, Business Insider, etc., etc., and even Inc., where he's written over 200 columns on how to think and perform better. So, you know, um, I had the privilege of asking Julian to be on this episode with us today to talk about the art and science behind performance and health, right? Um, how to actually master your own mind so that you can um, you know, leverage your performance, get more success, health and happiness and fulfillment in your everyday lives. So I think this is going to be a very interesting episode for you to listen into and you really should uh, spend the time to you know, listen to this. And once again, if you enjoyed these episodes, please do leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, Stitcher, whatever uh, platform that you listen on. And share this around with your friends and family if you found this useful. So without further ado, let's welcome Julian Hayes. So Julian, uh, could you tell me like, um, how did you get started uh, and end up doing what you're doing today? Yeah, so it starts back during my teenager years. Um, I come from a background that wasn't necessarily the most healthiest or health conscious. And... I generally thought that once you become 30 years old, life starts to go downhill from, from there. And I know that sounds crazy, but everyone around me, the perspective I had was that people started getting aches and pains around 30. So I thought that was like a doomsday clock. And I, you know, during that time I was playing basketball and I met an older gentleman and he was in crazy shape. He was running with us. I thought this guy was a superhero or something. And I, I talked to him and I was like, man, like, what's your secret? And he's, you know, he gave the most simplest answer. And he said, yeah, age is irrelevant. It's really about 
how you talk to yourself, how you treat yourself and the food you put in your body. And I was like, wow, that's, that sounds pretty simple. You know, why does it, why yeah. don't other people do this? And that stuck with me throughout the years. And so I really developed a passion for health first in transforming my own health and, and, and in that arena. And then I, um, I, I wanted to be a doctor. And so I did most of my training in college and everything towards that. And so I actually got into medical school and I moved to New York. I'm from Nashville, Tennessee. So that's the Southern U S and I moved, mm-hmm. I moved to New York and I completed my year there. But during that time, I had a lot of chance encounters and um, a lot of moments that made me question what I was doing in life and if I was actually doing the right thing. And, you know, one summer night, I just woke up and I just decided that I'm not going to go back to school. I'm, I'm going to start writing and I want to start like coaching and, or something in that arena. And I told everyone this. I was really excited about it. And everyone else looked at me weird. They're like, are you on drugs? Um, did someone drug you up here? What, what, do you, what, what do you mean you're, you're going to do this? Because I never told anyone about this dream I had. I kept it inside. I lived vicariously through people who traveled and, um, and, and, and wrote in magazines and wrote books. I, I, I lived vicariously through these people. I never thought I, I could do it, but I just, I didn't want to have regret when I get older. I didn't want to be the 50 year old who's talking to teenagers and he's telling all these things he should have done, but he didn't do. And so that really pushed me to make that leap. And so ever since that time over the years, I've been doing that, you know, and so I'm really grateful now for what I do. I, I, I write for different magazines. I've written over 200 columns for ink. I've, um, and I, I get to work with pretty cool people doing some pretty cool things, um, concerning their health and performance. So, um, and, you know, now we're talking on this podcast, so life is pretty good. Thanks, man. Yeah, this sounds like a, a pretty, pretty awesome journey. Um, you know, moments of uh, doubt and, and, and having to find clarity with what you're doing. And it's, um, I, I like what you say about, you know, what you learn from this older gentleman, right? Um, actually, the, the whole concept is actually very simple. And um, it's, it's, uh, it's almost mirroring like even, you know, Bruce Lee's philosophies, um, if you follow him, mm-hmm. you know, it's like simplicity, right? Um, directness and, and, and all this concept where the simplest thing, the simplest things can be, uh, simple and it looks simple, but it can be incredibly hard to simplify. Um, so I, I think it's, it's, uh, it's brilliant, like in terms of what he says, right? Um, consistently showing up day in, day out to make sure you're, you're eating right. You're um, speaking to yourself right. You are, you know, exercising, staying in, uh, staying in good shape, etc. Um, so, I want to ask you about, um, like, uh, how did you, how did you take action on making that big big leap from um, being in medical school, mm-hmm. where you, you know you kind of have to face or push against the pressure from people around you to stay your course and jump to comp- something uh, completely new and almost have to, you know, carve out your own path. Like, what was the decision in your mind that made you uh, decide that it was worth it beyond the regret? So, um, yeah, I, um, I did my best to travel to the future. And, you know, I, I, school was easy for me. Um, you, you show up, you read some inform you read some 
information, you go take tests. And that was easy for me, but it didn't necessarily really light me up. What always lit me up was adventure. Like my favorite toy growing up was a globe. And, hmm. and I, I just thought about like my ideal life and do I want to be doing one thing or do I want to be doing multiple things kind of on my terms. Um, and you know, that push because, you know, we get one shot at it for all I know. And I, I wanted to, yeah. I really wanted to make this one shot be on my terms full heartedly. So like if I failed, it was all my fault. You know, it, no one else held, held me back or anything, I, you know, so I, you know, and, you know, besides the regret, I, I just, there was a life that I was running toward that I, that I could see like crystal clear in my head. And I couldn't, that vision in my head, it wouldn't go away. And I think throughout the years, it just got louder and louder and louder. And then you run into people who are doing some of the things that you want to do. And, you know, it just makes it clear as day that this is something I got to do because school is always going to be there. So like right now I could go back to school if I wanted to, but you know, mm. I think the longer we hold out on our dreams, and the things that we want to do, I think it's the harder it is to start because you build more resistance. You know, sometimes um, people get old enough and they start getting families. And then it's even harder to start something because then you got other people to depend on you. So for me, I was pretty young and, you know, now's the best time to take these risks and, and see what happens. If you, you know, say if you went back to school or, you know, versus your earlier self and now, you know, doing what you're doing, uh, what would you say would be, you know, the, like the biggest difference uh, between then and now? Yeah, if I went back now, I would know 100% that this is what I wanted to do and there would be no regret and I would be all in. And mm. yeah, so, you know, I would be all in. So, I mean, that's not going to happen. <laughs> I yeah. can't imagine going back, but I know now that this is what I would want to do. Like, and so there would be, right. you know, so I would be ready to take that sacrifice. I would be ready, you know, those all nighters and all everything that comes with it. It would be easier to stomach yeah. because this is what I really yeah. want to do. You know, it, it's kind of like when people, when I was back in college or university and it was always weird when people ask, what do you want to do? And you're a 17 year old. Like, I don't know. Like I'm, I, I just, I just got my <laughs> yeah. license. Like I, I'm just learning how to drive, you know, you know how am I going to know what I want to do for the rest of my life? You know? So that kind of thing never made sense to me, which, so I, 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 you know, I think it's very valuable to kind of treat life like, like you're a scientist and experiment and experiment until you find kind of that perfect concoction that really goes with you. And uh, what does what um, all in mean to you? I mean, it's like, because I can see how, you know, someone wouldn't live out their dreams mm -hmm. or, you know, pursue it and still, you know, uh, you know, whether it's they have some programming that they've been, uh, you know, born and then, uh, you know, nurtured into and, you know, sort of, sort of like, you know, the, the unconscious programming towards a certain direction that, you know, they may not be living at that level of frequency. But I mean, in terms of like, like that, I can see how people like that, especially in medical school, um, can be working pretty hard, like long, long hours, late nights, mm -hmm. etc. So uh, what would you say um, would be the difference in, you know, the conversations you have with yourself, where if now you say I'm all in, I'm actually all mm -hmm. in, 
versus you know back then where you couldn't even phantom the idea of you know um what is all in right you know? yeah so what would be like the difference yeah so it, it's it's a lot of self-talk i for me that's kind of the difference it's a lot of self-talk meaning that starting your own business is pretty hard i think that's a given and but it, it's a lot easier when you know your end game you kind of know what you're fighting for you, you, you know and back i remember my my semester in school there was a lot of points when i was like is this even worth it um I enjoy it, but I don't necessarily know that I want to actually be a doctor. I enjoy the sciences of it, but I don't enjoy everything. Whereas I think when you're more all in on it, like you're embracing everything that comes with it. So with like entrepreneurship, you're going to embrace the moments where you feel lost. You're going to embrace the moments where, you know, maybe you get no clients for the month. You're going to embrace the moments where, um, you just want to lay in your bed, you know? So you mm. embrace those bad moments. You embrace everything, everything that comes along with it. You embrace it and take it in. Even if it's not what's ideal to you or what's comfortable, you embrace it because you know that it comes with a package. Whereas a lot of the things when you're not all in is it's more like you have one foot in and one foot out. You're more, it, you're more interested than you are committed Right, yeah, and I think such a such an important distinction, um, being able to handle the the ups and downs that is involved in the overall package, um, instead of just seeing it as uh, instead of being idealistic or perfectionist or naive. Um, so in terms of that, and um, I mean, I guess over the years you have been seeing people of different backgrounds, uh, if you're speaking to different people, uh, they all have a different wiring in their brains in terms of, you know, those, uh, those relationships with themselves, with people, those conversations. Um, so what have you learned about, you know, you know that um, in terms of their relationship with people or themselves mm-hmm. over the years? Yeah, um, I think you attract who you are, I guess, unfortunately. And it seems like, you know, especially with, like clients, a lot of the people that I have <laughs> have come in contact with, they've actually been people that are very intelligent, very skilled, and they've gotten nearly everything they wanted in life. And um, they're they're fairly successful, you know. And success means different mm, things. Yeah. Success means different things to 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 people. So it's not just, you know, a, a huge bank account, but it's, it, it's, it's success in different arenas, but they're generally considered a success. But, um, a lot of times they're like, they've been, they're kind of like me, like you can be very addicted to achievement and the more achievement you get, the more accomplishments you get, the more kind of, you kind of feel like an imposter or a fraud, the more that success can maybe make you feel lonely. And the more that your world can become smaller because now to the average world, to the average people around you, you're, you're, you're turning into someone different. You know, this happened to me, you know, I was one person one day, you know, school, typical traditional route. Then all of a sudden I'm jumping into the world of entrepreneurship. So my existing circle did not see that kind of world. So all of a sudden my world became smaller right there. And you know, so that that's some of the things that I call like um, what I call like the success paradox. You know, um, that those are popular things right there. Mm. You know, they're kind of overachievers, and um, 
they're addicted to achieving. And, um, you know, that's good to a certain extent, but, you know, as with anything in life, there's a duality. And so it can also be something that kind of becomes a negative at times if you don't get it under control. Mm, yeah, yeah. And and there's also another interesting interesting paradox, right? It's like um, the more you try to be at a place where you want to be, so say um, you want to be around, you know, people are playing at a higher level than you. Mm-hmm. Um, but then if you attract who you are, they kind of won't be around you, but yet you have to be around them to become more like them. So there's this interesting paradox there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, have you experienced this? And also, you know, how did you, um, how did you work around it? Yeah. So it sounds, it's kind of like any goal almost where like, if you want something so bad, and I guess this is kind of getting into, I guess the law of attraction stuff a little bit and the, the, the spiritual yeah. stuff. And so I, I'm, I'm 50, 50 with that stuff, but there is some validity to it. And, and so I, I, I feel like sometimes when you want to go really bad, you, you know, you almost suffocate it and you don't allow it time to, to, um, to breathe. You don't allow it time, room to breathe. And, and then I, I think that's ultimately a negative thing. Um, and there's a quote, I forgot who said it, but it, it's, it's something like be stubborn with your vision, but be flexible with the details of how to get there. And so mm. when it came to, I guess, meeting these kind of people, I, I guess I stopped, force, I stopped forcing. And the first thing I did was actually give myself a reality check was to actually kind of go on a personal development journey of my own to, um, to really learn about myself more. And, and, and to deal with some of the insecurities I had, because, you know, what I found out about a lot of these people that we think are, you know, playing at a highly different level and et cetera, and et cetera, yeah. they're yeah. not much different, actually. They're not really that much different. Yeah. Like, I I was highly disappointed. I, well, I shouldn't say highly disappointed, but I was, like, really shocked <laughs> when I, you know, I went to, like, yeah. a, 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 an event. And it was, like, a lot of people who I was like, oh, man, these people are playing at a big level. And I got in there they're really just like normal people, but you know, they're just normal people. They're just people. People are yeah. people. And the only thing about these people I would say is they have great discipline, great worth ethic. They've been doing their stuff for a while, you know, so they had haven't necessarily been doing massive action all the time. This crazy action that we think that you have to do it. They've really consistently delivered on the little things day in and day out. And that's what's made them a massive success because the typical person isn't that consistent. And so that's kind of one of the biggest things, the biggest revelations that I had. Um, so in terms of, in terms of that, right. Um, what are the specific actions that you, you did in order to, um, you know, constantly challenge yourself and constantly grow and build this, uh, foundation up? Yeah. So some of the, probably the top actions for me, I think this will be different for everyone, depending on, depending on your craft and your business. Um, for me, um, obviously writing, so communicating. So I, I had to really work on that. So that's something I, I, I mm. do every day. So that's writing 500 to a thousand words every day at minimum. Um, continue to read and learn and, and reading. So reading's a, reading's, enjoyable but it's also a job for me so that's something i do every day and 
probably um, building relationships. And that's a new one for me. So I'm an only child and I'm kind of comfortable being a lone wolf. But, you know, as I'm learning in business, um, you can't really succeed on your own. It, it truly takes a tribe to succeed. So one of my things every day now is to just connect with people. Um, that's reconnecting with some people in my network. And that's also reaching out to people who aren't in my network that I just, that I think are, are interesting. So um, one of my main um, philosophies is just to connect with fun and interesting people and see where things go. And so um, it's oftentimes it's people outside of my industry because I want to be a well-rounded person and I, I want to get perspectives and um, that aren't typical um, inside my particular um, influence. And so therefore I can bring new ideas to things and, and see things from new perspectives. So those are probably my big things is building relationships, which I think everyone would do. And then um, my, the other ones are writing and um, working and then studying every day. And I think for people, it's good to get a vision of who you ultimately want to be. Who, who are you ultimately in your business? What, what are you ultimately doing every day? And then reverse engineer, what are the habits that someone of that caliber, what would they be doing every day? And I think that's going to bring you a lot of clarity. And it's also going to be kind of a relief that you don't have to hustle super crazy and do all these things that people are doing on the internet. And the, the shiny object syndrome, right? Trying to, yeah, yeah, um, it, it's it's crazy. You know, there's jumping on trends to trends. There's, you know, some, you know, social media is an easy example. You know, one one month it's Facebook Live, the so next month it's it's Snapchat, and then it's Instagram, and then it's it's uh, you know it's all these platforms, and they're all good platforms. But what's best for you? You know, where are your people at? Where do you feel more comfortable at? So there's a lot of questions to kind of think about and um, I really value precision in everything that I do and I, I think it's good for listeners to kind of um, adopt being more precise and being more intentional. I want to ask you about reading right um, and even writing or you know interacting with people uh, what is the intention you set so how, how do you read um, I mean of course you're doing it for the job right but in terms of mm -hmm. the intention you set behind reading um, and I think I had this issue myself previously where you know, I would read something and I wouldn't remember anything from it afterwards, right? Mm -hmm. You know, nothing changed in my life. Like, okay, I got a bunch of useful information, uh, but nothing has quite changed. And for me, I kind of realized that, oh, um, I have to read with the intention of um, applying, you know, just one or two things from it. Um, and then, you know, following up with it later on once I've actually executed on what I've read. So that has been useful for me. I'm just wondering for you, um, what is the intention you set behind uh, the things you do? Mm -hmm. So such as reading, such as you know, meeting people, etc. Yeah, so when it comes to reading, I, I kind of give myself a curriculum and I break it down in different categories. So obviously there's a category by itself that's dedicated to health and looking at different research studies and, and, and staying kind of in the loop of that. So that's one category of its own. And well, I guess before I move on, I should say with my thing with reading, I go through a lot of books a year. I probably go through probably a hundred books combined audio and, and, and hardcover a year. Obviously I do not remember every single thing that I went over, but my philosophy is if I get one insight, one small insight from the book, it was worth it. 
because I'm 1% mm. better. So I do not need to implement everything in a book that I read. Um, things naturally stick out to us. That is the thing that is important to you. And I think that naturally comes when you're reading the book. Um, we could read the same book and things are going to stick out differently to us, you know, cause I, you know, so, you know, so with that, I, I, I really just want one big idea. So maybe when I'm reading a book, I think what's my one sentence summary of this book. That's how I can remember things. You know, if, if I hear the book, mm. if I hear a book that somebody talks about, I can talk about it because I can give you my, my, my particular one sentence about it. What did, how did it help me? That's my one sentence. And sometimes you might not be ready to take action in that book. It doesn't mean that it's not valuable. It just means you're not ready to take action specifically in that yet. Or maybe the way that it was said wasn't the right way for you. So maybe you should read another book on that subject that gets you to take action on that particular um, thing that, that you're reading about. So um, I'm a real, I, I love reading books. So uh, I, I think people should read as much as possible. Um, I, I really do, you know, <laughs> and, um, and so back to the categories. So there's health, obviously. And so I, I take a little, there's action on that because I, that's, some, that's my everyday craft. So that's an easy one. But then I have books like history books and stuff. And that's just for knowledge and to put things in perspective in life and just curiosity. So that's whatever. Um, I don't really read as many self-help books these days that much because um, just because I, I, I go in and out with that. And, and, and yeah. yeah. And so then there's, um, then there's different subjects, just very specific subjects. So it kind of depends on what I'm in the mood to learn with. And, and so um, I will say every day, there's, a, there's something I'm reading with health. There's some kind of spiritual reading I'm doing. There's some kind of, there's a little self-development of some sort, some kind of subject or something. And then there's usually like a fiction book. You know, those are usually my four things that I'm um, reading throughout the day in, the, in those categories. And um, yeah, I, I, I think that's, that makes you well-rounded. And, you know, I, I have one idea. Sometimes I take notes if I feel inclined to, if, you know, if I'm really interested in, in applying everything in a book, I'll take some notes. But if not, mm. uh, I generally read and if something sticks out, I take a screenshot of it. Or if it's a Kindle, I highlight it. And I, I'm a member of the site Goodreads. And so on your Kindle, when you highlight the book, when you highlight a passage or whatever, and it's connected to your Goodreads account, then it automatically saves it for you. So I can go through a book I read two years ago, and I could click on that book that I read, and it has my notes that I highlighted in my Kindle. Oh, yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah, yeah. so that's, that's, that's one way that um, I take notes also is, is with my, when I'm reading with a Kindle, um, I just highlight things that are important, make a note or something, or just highlight it, and then it's saved on my Goodreads account. And I see, yeah. And then as far as relation, and, oh, go ahead. Uh-huh. Yeah, go ahead, yeah. Yeah, and then as far as the relationships, that was the second part of it. Um, I, I, I don't, I'm not too particular. Um, generally, if, if, if there's something that interests me about the person, um, I'll reach out. So a lot of times easy for me is I read a lot of books. So I reach out to a lot of authors. Um, I'm part of different communities. I'm part of like podcast communities. I'm part of coaching communities, health communities. And so, um, and, and then, um, you know, LinkedIn sometimes shows people. And so I, I kind of just, 
have a goal to maybe connect with five to 15 people a day, either through, you know, we're having coffee or I'm having coffee with someone or um, we're talking to DMs or I'm sending a text or I'm, I'm sending a message. Hey, um, you know, how's it going? Is there something I can, you know, help you with? What are you working toward? Just so I, you don't really want to overthink it. And this is something that I learned. And it was really hard for me because I'm, I'm not by default a person who just loves to reach out to people. I love to just stay to myself, read my books and do my thing. And so, um, yeah. so I really wanted to make this as easy as possible. So for people that are kind of like me, um, just reach out to people that you're interested in or that piques your curiosity and just, you know, tell them what, what really made you want to reach out. And, um, it, I think it's as easy as that. You don't really overthink it. I think when you make it, yeah. I think it, I think it becomes hard when you subconsciously start like, Oh, I want to reach out to this person because they can do X and X for me or, this person can be a client or X and X and you start having these, you know, these, uh, these reasons that you want to reach out. Yeah. And so then it becomes, yeah, yeah, it becomes very transactional and you can see that a lot on Facebook and LinkedIn when people reach out it, 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 and you can feel that it's hard to explain, but you can feel when it's like these people are reaching out, you know, cause they have an agenda. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's almost like, like you say, you, um, uh, at least you know quote unquote success mm-hmm. right you know the more in demand you are the kind of uh, more selective you are as well and you know there's oftentimes a lot more and more people who are, are like that so yeah and I just want to ask you about um, you know since you say that you know you, you kind of don't really like to reach out right um, how did you get on these many publications or you know like what was the first one that you got on uh, do you still remember that? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> when I decided to start writing, I was not a writer by any means. Uh, my grammar was horrible. Uh, it was terrible. Luckily, I had a friend who was a writer, ironically, who doesn't write now, which makes no sense. But I would send my, he would edit and help review my writings. So I wrote for a blog. I have my own blog. It's not my, that blog's gone now. It's long gone now. But I had a blog <laughs> initially and I was, I would just write on there because I needed somewhere publicly to write so I could give myself a reason to show up to get consistent. And mm. it took over a year before I got on any type of publication or anything. But the very first publication I had was my local newspaper where I live. It's my local newspaper. I walked into the office and I told the lady, you know, I did my research beforehand. I told her, Hey, um, I would love to write for you guys for X and X reason. That was my first opportunity. And so then I leveraged that opportunity to show that, Hey, these people trust me to write for them. And then I started going after smaller publications. So I think I went for like, um, I think I wrote next for, I think life hack or like the Goodman project. And then I just mm-hmm. gradually built up. I just I just gradually kept accumulating these publications. And then I finally reached out to places like the Entrepreneur, like the Inc., like the Success, the Chicago Tribune, and, and those places. After I had a little more experience, a little more skill, and a little more proof that you could trust my work and that I had something valuable to say because these people let me in on their publication. So that's kind of how I did it. Yeah. 
I see. So one year of uh, and one year is pretty fast, man. Uh, so it was one year. One year of not w- even. One year of that. It took me over a year to get into the uh, newspaper. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty fast. Um, well, I'm, I'm glad you and, think that because um, during the time I was like, man, this is never going to work out. But I, I think that's the instant gratification world we live in. One year seems like eternity, right? You know, yeah, but it's really short. Yeah. Like one year, if you, if you can really start living your dream in one year. I think everyone signs up for that, but I think so often we see the things on the internet, like, you know, the six figures in six weeks, the six pack in five weeks, you know, we see these kind of messages yeah. that really distorts our thinking. Yeah. yeah. And it's almost like um, when you, when you don't, don't do it consistently and you don't show up, it doesn't matter if you have a six pack in six weeks, you kind of lose it in, I don't know, like two weeks. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. If you go on a bad yeah, And you know, I think this is like a life metaphor. Generally what comes fast and easy will go away just as fast and easy. Yeah, that's very true, man. Uh, so, so like, uh, from the you know from the first newspaper to you know, um, of course, landing on the some of the more popular publications like Entrepreneur. Um, mm-hmm. uh, how long did that take you? Like another three years, uh, five years? Or? I don't remember how many years. I want to say maybe, maybe, two two and a half years. Maybe I got my first time an entrepreneur. I, I look, I uh, I got rejected a lot, or I, I wouldn't say rejected. Yeah. Maybe. I don't like the word rejected. Let's say I got it. You're not ready yet messages, you know? Um, and and yeah, so yeah. Um, I would probably say two and a half years was when I got one of the bigger ones that everyone knows about. I think probably two and a half years, I think. Yeah. yeah. And that's because I, and, I probably could have tried earlier, but I was just so nervous and I still had a, a lot of the imposter syndrome or imposter phenomenon talking to me is like, who are you to kind of write on these places? What do you have to say? You know? And so I I was still battling a lot of that. And during this time you were, you were showing up every day, right? You were reaching out every day. Yeah. I write every day. Um, As far as pitching, I I don't, I don't necessarily pitch. I, I didn't necessarily pitch every day. Generally what I did is I had a goal to like, I'm going to pitch two two new publications a week or something. And I mm. picked two because a lot of times people pitch all the time now and they're terrible because the reason why they're terrible is because they're so generic and you can tell that they didn't do the work. They send it to everyone. And so I really took the time that if I'm going to pitch them, I'm going to pitch them topics that kind of what I know about, but it's going to be, in an angle that's perfect for their publication that speaks that same language, you know, mm. to show that I've done my research. And this is just, this is like reaching out 101. When you reach out to people, I've made some really good contacts with people just because before I reach out to people, I research, I research them a little bit to learn about them to make sure I even want yeah. to, you know, I, I read, I'll read their book or I'll listen to their podcast or something, you know? So you really want to stand out to, I took a, an extra step or two. So that's why, I wouldn't necessarily say pitch a gazillion places a week. I would say pitch a few places a week with very good, precise pitching. Yeah, and and it falls in line with your precision. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, the way you the way you live, mm-hmm. right? Um, you're like you're more of like a sniper rather than a exactly. shotgun. You know, when I was yeah, spray yeah. and when pray. I was, when I was playing Call of Duty, <laughs> when I was playing Call of Duty, I had to get rid of my Xbox because I couldn't focus because I love video games. So. I had we had to break up, but when I was playing Call of Duty. Yeah, 
I liked the sniper rifle. I liked any weapon that was more precise. You know, I used the knife a lot. I'm getting very geeky here right now talking about the game, but <laughs> but I didn't use the 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 one gun or anything that just has like a hundred bullets and the accuracy rate is terrible. I hated those things. Like it bothered me when like my accuracy was like 15, 10%. I, I just I just, I didn't like it. And so like I like precision, man. I love precision. So <laughs> oh man. Oh my god! Yeah. So, so, so to sum up what you said, right? Um, e- even though you were not pitching every day, but I think it's important for people listening that uh, you were working on your craft every day, day in day every out, every single day, um, every single day. And this is yeah, yeah. And this is something I think is not very stated. Um, you know, we and you know, going back to the you know the shiny object thing, right? You have all these like causes out there, all these various things you could, you know acquire or mm-hmm. consume um, that doesn't necessarily help you to work on your craft per se because you're kind of like all over the place yeah yeah um, you're, you're you're right on that you know um you know besides the writing it's you know before i even had a client before i even got to like give a presentation at a company i would still work on that every day even before it was there because you know i wanted to stay ready so i never had to get ready you know, and I think, yeah. you know, um, and so it's part of the planning stage when you're in the early stages of your business, there's a, you know, the best thing you can do is do a lot of planning, do a lot of strategy work and do a lot of building your skill. Of course you want, you got to reach out and stuff, but, you know, taking blind action 10 hours a day, I don't think that's really the best thing to do because you're, you're just spraying and, and hoping something sticks. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, um, and how do you, how do you maintain your, your energy during the day. I mean, it's, it, it requires good energy, right? To perform all these various tasks and, and be this precise. Or, yeah. Um, you know, um, pretty- well, um, obviously, it, it, um, I'm, I'm pretty good with my eating and my exercising, my sleeping. And th- those are kind of givens, but um, probably going a little deeper, I, um, am, I think sometimes when people think of energy, they think of someone that's like, super rah 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 jumping everything yeah and so that's yeah. not necessarily the energy i think about i'm i'm a very laid back kind of dude like very laid back and so um yeah. what i think what so a lot of times what i do is my mornings are for creating so i'm doing some kind of writing you know whether i'm doing some kind of writing i'm doing my creative work in the morning because that's generally what's best for me you know i've learned this through trial mm-hmm. and error um, yeah, you know, afternoons and kind of it's evening time right now where I'm at. These are times where um, I'll, I'll do calls, I'll I'll do podcast interviews, I'll, I'll do some admin stuff to where you know it's because I'm I'm a little tired now, but um, yeah. talking is not necessarily as difficult as like you're trying to create something from a blank page or you're trying to to write some stuff for your programming or or whatever your your critical core business task is. So yeah, yeah, I, I think knowing your knowing your power time that's one thing and so for you know this is different for other people so discovering your power time is one thing that's you're going to maximize your energy your creative output um i think cal newport talks about this in his books and it's being very intentional with social media and in general browsing the internet um it's 
at times it's, it seems like you can just quickly check something on social media and then go back to your task, but yeah. it takes a little bit time to get back into the groove of what you're doing. So I generally avoid multitasking and, mm. um, and then sometimes you still have low energy and I'm a big music person. So I have music for every scenario. Um, and so I'll put some music on and probably if I'm having a harder day, I have a playbook, what I call, excuse me, a, a playbook. And um, it has my vision written out, it has my vision board, it has, has images of people cut out, different people I really admire throughout history. And yeah. I look at these people and it has the traits on there. And it's a reminder of who I'm, who I'm becoming. And because I believe, you know, so I have my goal. And for me, goals are not necessarily something I get to goals are something that I come from. So I have my goal of what I'm building right now. And I automatically think the person that has that goal, how does he act right now? What would he do? And that's what I try to emulate and come back oh, to. Yeah, yeah, so I, yeah. So I, try, I try to flip it because, and this is a lot of trial and oops, I dropped my book. This is a lot of trial and error. And what I found was that like, I, I felt a lot more energy, a lot more excitement when I was kind of already that guy who had this goal, who had this kind of yeah. advisory firm, this practice. So I started going ahead calling my business a certain thing, even before I had everything. I was already acting like the guy who who was working with some really cool entrepreneurs who was already writing for the top magazines. Even if my reality didn't have it, then in my head, I was already tricking myself into thinking I was that person already. So I have some cards that I carry with me that I read over. And, and so I really yeah. tried to make my environment indicative of who I was becoming. I tried to remind myself on my screen, uh, in my email, wherever I am, I try to remind myself if I need to at times of who I'm becoming, who am I, you know, cause sometimes it's easy mm. to forget. It's easy to get distracted and lose track. You know, we see it, people doing something and we'd like, maybe we should do it. And so, um, you know, that's a long answer, yeah, but that's, the... that's kind of, that's kind of the ways I keep my energy besides the obvious of, you know, staying hydrated, nutrition, exercising, and sleeping. Um, those are kind of the things that I do that helps take my energy to another level. Yeah, it's it's very insightful. Um, even even the part where you know you talk about the distractions, the and we'll get to that, right? You know the the mobile phone thing, um, and and focus and um, even you know the formal thing, like fear of missing out thing, where you know you look at people who are you know, either faster on you on a red race or you know doing different things, and it looks much more fun or exciting at the time compared to you know. Maybe perhaps the boring, mundane stuff that you have been consistently trying to build over time. Um, so, and and it's interesting how you um, you talk about, and I think um, an important distinction for people listening is that those things you do, uh, they're not a they're not a way for you to just feel good, right? Or motivation It's it's more like a reminder that you, it's worth it to do things, even if they're difficult. Um, it creates pain. I, I think I, I'm not gonna lie. It creates pain sometimes because where you are right now, sometimes, and then where you want to be, you realize there's a gap for where I want yeah. to be. 
that's painful. That creates pain. It creates frustration. Yeah. So sometimes I hate looking at it because I'm like, oh man. Um, because you, you know, you're, you're bullcrapping yourself. You know, sometimes you're procrastinating. You're like, oh man, this is what I wrote. This is what I want. Why am I not doing it? And so it's, yeah, yeah it, it sometimes it brings up necessary pain and reminders. And, and, and so, it, yeah. Yeah. But I'm excited a lot. I'm excited also sometimes. Yeah. 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 And I, I think I just wanted to bring it up because it's like you, you're talking about bullcrapping yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Like lying to yourself is so common. Um, and it's, I think it's a big reason why people don't take action on things because, you know, if you if you consistently like, just lie to yourself about that things are going fine and stuff and you want to run away or avoid the pain, then um, like you say, you you don't really think it's worth it to move to where you want to be. So it's very interesting how um, in terms of perspective, your goals are there to allow you to mimic the the behaviors, the characteristics, the the beliefs, the values, the you know whatever it is of uh, the place you want to be, instead of trying to chase it, um, is I think it's such an important distinction. Like, um, how has that worked out for you? It's it's worked out better. It it's worked out better. And like I said, um, we're we're all wired differently. And that's why I said it, it's it's good to really know yourself. You know, one of the things I've done is I did a scouting report on myself. You know, I had to redefine a lot of things about myself. I had to redefine what success meant to me. I had to redefine what failure meant to me. I had to, you know, learn kind of what motivates me, what drives me, who do I most want to be, who do I most not want to be, you know. And so, you know, I, it, it's just that's just how I'm wired is that, um, always chasing something. I always felt that there's a lack, you know, I don't have it right now. And so I couldn't Mm. really feel it as much, you know, and I, I couldn't really connect with it. It was harder for me personally to connect with always chasing something. Whereas if I'm coming from a place of this goal already, I just felt better because now it's becoming more of an identity because ultimately a lot of times to get our goal, we really just need to change our identity. It's really about, you know, doing the certain habits and behaviors of a person to get that goal oftentimes, you know? So yeah. I, and you know, one thing that did come out of that is like, I'm, it's easier now for me to um, reach out. It's reaching out to people, you know, uh, uh, you know, with this vision I have of myself, this kind of guy, he, you know, he reaches out to people. He connects with people every day. You know, um, you know, because that's the business that I ultimately, you know, that I'm in, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's not a business that, you know, my personal style is not something that is just always online and everything. I do a lot of offline work. I do a lot of one-to-one work. Yeah. You know, it's a very, you know, I run a concierge, um, high touch business. So relationships are important. You know, that's how I, yeah. I you know, that's how I, I get business. And so, you know, that's, that's what I need to come from then, you know, the old guy, the old mm-hmm. vision, he was always trying to just rely on status updates and everything. But my mm-hmm. kind of people don't read those necessarily, you know, so I was never going to realize that until I, I come from a place of how would a person who operates this kind of business that I say I ultimately want, how would he go about things? And so, yeah, so that's my little thing with that. 
And um, you know, just a just a last question, right? Um, how can people get in contact with you, Julian? Yeah, you can go to my home base of theartoffitnessandlife.com. Artoffitnessandlife.com. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Thank you very much for your time, Julian. It's so wonderful having a conversation with you. Thank you much, man. I enjoyed this. And uh, people listening, feel free to reach out with any questions you had. That's it for today's episode of the Entrepreneur's Tribe podcast. Head over to www.tapeyourtime.com T-A-P-E-Y-O-U-R-T-I-M-E.com to download your free PDF guide to see how it can help you grow your business through video. And if you're listening to this on iTunes, Spotify, be sure to subscribe and support us. So once again, I want to appreciate you and thank you for listening in because you have a unique story and more people need to hear it. Talk to you soon.